The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
There is a hand-painted sign hanging on the wall in our living room that reads, I love you no matter what. It's easy to say it in our family, but some days it's harder to mean it. We need the sign to remind us, because I love you no matter what is a difficult promise to make and to keep. Marriage is a daily choice Bethany and I have to make to love and honor one another. And parenthood is a daily exercise in selflessness. We can only imagine the ways that our children will test our love over the years. The many causes of anxiety and heartbreak. So we say, I love you no matter what, as much for ourselves as for them. It's a sort of mantra, a prayer for patience and grace, regardless of the circumstances. And we'll need to keep teaching ourselves to say it, because steadfast love is so hard to come by. I love you no matter what is rare because we live in an I told you so world. We expect that life will be more or less fair and people will get what's coming to them, good or bad. We're quick to measure others against standards that we set and quick to mark their failures. And we get gratification from saying, I told you so. And even if we don't say it, let's admit we think it. I told you so is seductive because it helps us preserve the illusion of control. We've convinced ourselves that as long as we conform to the right way of doing things, we ought to see positive results. If, however, we step out of line, then there's no excuse when things go wrong. I told you so satisfies the urge to manage an existence that is so often unpredictable. That's why it's so painful when our children deviate from the plan. They don't meet our very reasonable expectations for behavior. They run with the wrong crowd. They get into trouble. They drop out of school. They refuse to take our advice. They marry the wrong person. They abandon our traditions. Sometimes our children's choices lead to undesirable outcomes that are out of our control. And God forbid we lose them forever. More likely, they find their way back home at some point. And we have a choice between I told you so and I love you no matter what. I suspect that more than a few of us would prefer that the story of the prodigal son end differently. Imagine that the father grudgingly receives his younger son back into the household and instead of rejoicing at his return, merely tolerates his presence. Imagine that the father celebrates instead his elder son's years of faithful service. 
The elder son certainly deserves to be recognized, doesn't he, for his hard work and loyalty? It's only fitting that he receive a robe and a ring and a lavish party. While his younger brother suffers the natural consequences of his actions. That's the way the story should end in an I told you so world. After all, what kind of values does the father uphold by rewarding the disrespect and betrayal of his younger son? What kind of virtue does he teach? The extravagance of the father's grace, the abandon with which he embraces his wayward son is meant to surprise, even offend us. Making a fool of himself in front of his more dignified neighbors, the father rushes out to meet his son while he is still far off and wraps him in his arms. He interrupts his son's well-rehearsed speech. Did you notice that? Calling for the finest clothes and the most abundant feast. In spite of his son's defiance, the father has longed for his return and immediately, immediately restores his dignity and place in the household. Instead of, I told you so, he chooses to say, I love you no matter what. Dear church, we may live in an I told you so world, but God is an I love you no matter what God. It is God's nature to seek the lost and celebrate our homecoming or, to use Paul's language, our reconciliation. There is no defiance, no rejection, no misstep, no matter how severe, that can separate us from the Father's love. And it's never too late to be reconciled to God. This is good news when we, like the younger son, are in need of a full measure of grace. But what about those of us who identify with the elder son? What about those of us who resent the father's generosity toward the prodigal son? The good news is that God also rushes out to meet us in our bitter self-justification. And faced with our defiance, God extends to us the same promise of grace. Child, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. The good news is that when we prefer judgment over mercy, when we resist grace, God invites us to the feast anyway. The question remains, will we go into the party or not? Luke doesn't complete this story. We have to finish it for ourselves. Will we stubbornly hold on to our I told you so tendencies and miss out on the wealth of God's grace? Or will we be transformed by God's I love you no matter what? and learn to share abundant life with others, even and perhaps especially those we deem less worthy of it.